Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show guys welcome to another episode of the type 1 lifting podcast thank you for tuning in I have a very interesting guest her name's Cambry Cambry Driscoll how's everything going good how are you not bad can you just tell us a little about yourself yeah sure um so I've grow, uh, grown up in Alfreda Georgia all my life both my parents are from here and um I started kindergarten at King Church Christian School and I just graduated from there in May so I went all 13 years and um, I found myself in, involved in a lot inside and outside the classroom, um, you know, inside the classroom working hard in different types of classes and really finding my passion in anatomy, which ties into a little bit about what we're going to talk about. But then also outside the classroom in a lot of service organizations like the Interact Club and the Honor Council and um, just kind of finding my place there. I did about every sport there was possible between kindergarten and graduating, just being at a small school, that's a bit of a luxury yeah. doing that. And so I did, um, in high school, I swam um, through all three years. I golfed my freshman year. That didn't last long. And then I cheered all four years. Um, swimming is not my forte, but it's good exercise. And I liked doing it with my friends. And then um, I was just glad I didn't drown most practices. And then cheerleading, um, I absolutely loved. And I did that all four years and got to lead in some capacities there. Outside of school, I um, have helped my dad with his um, role in Rotary, which is a service organization, as well as um, wrote some columns and articles for his recovery ministry and then involved in church at North Point and um, that type of thing. Very cool, very cool. So did did the cheerleading kind of lead you into the direction you kind of want to go now? So cheerleading was something that I just loved being a part of my school spirit. You know, it's hard sometimes with smaller sports teams comes not um, come smaller scoreboards, unfortunately, mm -hmm. sometimes. So that was something that was really special was getting to, like, encourage my school despite that. And so... Um, I was able to do cheer, like pick up on it pretty easy. I didn't start until I was in eighth grade, but I um, did gymnastics growing up. So that part of tumbling and, um, you know, that type of movement, like more strict movements was just part of my life growing up. Mm -hmm. And then yoga kind of came in separately from that. But cheerleading has um, now led into I'm cheering at Vanderbilt this fall. So... Uh, it has definitely gone and weaved itself into my life longer than I thought it would, but I think it's more of just a commitment to finding different ways to move my body. So cheerleading is another way to do that, just like swim was, even though I wasn't great at it. I, um, but like cheer, I just love in the sense that I get to have a community, uh, some form of a path to lead, and then also just a different way to move my body. All right, very cool. So, so you got certified as a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. All right. So, what was the process of getting that certification? Yeah. So, and I think I should probably start back in eighth grade to like have a full picture. Yeah, go of for just it. Kind of my health journey. So, in eighth grade, February, I got my first gym membership with at One Life. That's how I met you, where I met you. But um, at One Life, and I went with my mom at 5 a.m. every day during the school year from second semester of eighth grade through my senior year until COVID hit. And so that routine 
during when I first started became kind of spiraled into this like newfound control I've had over what my body looks like. Like I had never experienced like, oh, I can, you know, work out a certain way to like make myself look a certain way. And that really kind of escalated into an unhealthy relationship I had with eating. It became like a stressful, just necessary part of my day versus something to enjoy. And then working out became like something that had to be done like it wasn't something I got to do mm-hmm. it was something that I had to do and so I kind of had a wake-up call that was only about six months and into that um good f- family and friends really family woke me up to that like if you're not going to do something about this pattern you've created for yourself then I'm going to have to step in and do that and I wanted to keep that control that mm-hmm. I have found over myself. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to shift my perspective. So it really came through um, eating. Like working out wasn't ever an issue. It was something I did once a day, and it tied into my unhealthy perspective. But once I started eating right and really seeing food as something that is to enjoy, then like the stress went away from it, and then help, working out became like a healthy partner to eating healthy as well so that was like began my restoration of my view of my body and my movement and how I fed it and how I really like fed it you know literally and also theoretically and so then I tried all different types of workouts and during my junior year I started my second semester of junior year I started having like a time set aside for myself every Saturday morning so I would go to espresso's coffee shop which I love it's mm-hmm. coming and I would go and do my morning devotion there and have my cup of coffee and then I would go to one life to take the hot yoga class um, at right after that and so Saturday mornings were like my time for myself and I absolutely loved that time and at first like it wasn't even about yoga it was just about having an hour to myself to move my body in a really different way than I did all week lifting weights Mm -hmm. at the gym and so when I started doing that I loved it but then um exams junior second semester of junior year if anybody is listening to this and is experiencing that or remembers it it was pretty awful I was studying probably I was studying from the time I got home from school at 2 30 to 12 at night sometimes like every day as like a routine for at least six weeks as I was taking the ACT and planning for my exams so yoga became something that I could incorporate into my afternoon to break up my studying because I'd already worked out in the morning and I had already restored that view of myself that I there's really no need to work out more than once unless you have some certain goal Mm -hmm. you know that sometimes requires that um so I was like, well, I can do yoga and I can still, um, I feel like a sense of ease at doing yoga because I know I'm giving back to my body in a way that working, working out takes, takes energy sometimes in a way yoga doesn't. And so I just began doing yoga at first. It was like very, um, very monotone practice. It was just like the sun A's and sun B's and it was nothing fancy because I didn't know anything beyond that. And that's a lot of what gym yoga like because there's actually gym yoga training is not some teachers that teach in gyms have done a full certification and others there's actually like a gym fit yoga training that you can do so that mainly is the Sundays and some beats so that's what I've been learning pretty much um but it's still like the restorative power of yoga does not like it's found just as much in the Sundays and Sunbees like I found in that time than in what my practice looks like today but in that this is a long-winded story but it's, <laughs> it's all really all the context to how I've come to love yoga is that through that time of learning kind of just like personally experiencing and being my own teacher for the first time in my life then I was looking towards college because I'm about to start my senior year at this point and I wanted a way to make money during college and so I thought I'd be a personal trainer because I was like I've trained my mom for five years at 5 a.m. like I can train somebody when I'm fully awake and it's not my own mom you know so I was like oh perfect I'll do that and then I started thinking about um like what that actually looks like because obviously that type of schedule sometimes is more demanding than 
like setting your own hours and stuff because you're working with somebody single, you know, single yeah. like another person. Yep. So that looks different. And I was like, that might not be my grandpa actually was like, that might not be accommodating for a college schedule. And so he was like, I had never thought about this. And he's like, why would you not become a yoga teacher? Because my whole family knew I'd been practicing every day. And like, that was a special time of my week, a planned time that I didn't miss. And that's the first time it clicked. Like I had never been in a true yoga studio. Like I had never done yoga outside of the gym. And at that point I was like, duh like why would I not and so (laughs) I started researching and then I found breathe yoga which Lauren Reese is the owner she's fantastic if anybody is looking for a yoga studio she's on Sharon Road and I could not say enough great things about the studio and Lauren but she I found her and she was a very anatomy based yoga teacher like there's definitely a more physical and a spiritual side to yoga and I always say I have Jesus and that's enough for me like I I think the spiritual side of yoga is great for some people, but that's not what I was looking for in a training experience, much less what I wanted to teach others. Mm -hmm. And so that was like, my goal was finding a very anatomy based physical, um, like training experience. And so that's how I ended up at Lauren. It, um, yoga Alliance is the national certification, you know, like for personal training, you have a few different organizations. Yoga Alliance is the only one that's nationally um, recognized. And so they have a bunch of schools. Breathe is certified to do that. So I took my 200 hours um, dispersed into one week in a month from August to March. So um, part of that was doing 12 community service hours, lots of homework based off the anatomy of all the bones and muscular structure of our bodies and just a whole bunch of sprinkles of all different types of yoga. So that way we would have the resources as teachers to pick what style, what type of yoga we wanted to share with others. So it was the most amazing, beautiful experience and I couldn't be more grateful for it. So that's a lot of context to say that my yoga journey has been weaved into a lot of parts of my life, but definitely something that I could not be more grateful for now. Awesome. Now, now the for all the listeners, the breathe the breathe yoga studio that's based in Cumming, Georgia. So that's why that's that's where both of us are from. So that's that's what she's talking about. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I talked there this morning. Oh, nice. So, what kind of yoga is do you like? Because I've I've done like the hot yoga before, and I've also done yin yoga before. Okay. And I've I've yin yoga. Well, there's this thing called Ramwad. That it's a subscription based. Um, yin yoga so I used to do it every time I went to the emergency uh, when I worked at the hospital like right before I worked I did yin yoga for like 45 minutes to like a half an hour and so that's, awesome. that, that's the those are the only two that I really know so okay. what what are your favorites yeah so part of my first experience in my health journey was okay if I'm not sweating if I'm not dying in this workout then it's not effective mm-hmm. and so basically through yoga I really got the gift of being able to give back to my body through movement in a way that I had never like I didn't even know was like possible for me in like just in the way my mind is wired like Mm -hmm. I didn't know that would work and so when I was doing power yoga at the gym hot yoga it's very much go 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 I loved it of course and it still was very influential in my journey but my practice today looks nothing like hot yoga so really when people ask like what's what what's yoga for you and it looks different every day I you know I'm I think I'm not the typical yogi and then most times my practice is not longer than 30 minutes Mm -hmm. just how my days are um I typically work out for about 30 to 45 minutes and then yoga is pretty much just ingrained into part of my workout slot of the day but I wouldn't consider it workout it just comes after my workout and that's ranges anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes it's it's a time that like I don't look at the time unless I have something I have to do so my practice is different every day a lot of days it um it just revolves around like what I just worked out so it if I've just done you know a legs and glute workout like I'm going to be doing a lot of hamstring opening and lengthening um but sometimes I my practice is more like physically demanding and upbeat and I you know, incorporate handstands into my practice and push-ups whenever I'm doing a vinyasa flow. And it just 
the best part, I think, what I found in yoga is that there is freedom in movement like I had never known in, in working out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the people who want the power yoga, like me, are the ones that need the yin yoga or the slow yoga or just the freedom in yoga than more than anybody else. So when we're doing power yoga, we're upregulating our our nervous system and our muscle system, muscular system, right? And so where our heartbeat's increasing, our blood pressure's increasing, and then on your nervous system, we're just go, go, go. So you're in your fight or flight, your sympathetic nervous system, and when you're in that, like there's no release, there's no relaxation. So our goal in yoga and how I've had to like shift the narrative in my mind is to see this time as a time of down regulation. So I'm shifting from sympathetic nervous system where my shoulders are tall, you know, I'm tense and stressed and finding the rest and digestive parasympathetic nervous system that is really underused in our society as mm-hmm. we're go, go, go. So that has just been, I guess, the most gifting thing yoga has given me is just an opportunity to experience the beauty of down regulation, down regulating your nervous system, I mean, but also just finding freedom to move in however feels best and not a way constricted um, by any like type of demand for what it should look like. Mm-hmm. So that's like it's so it's almost considered for you like a med- meditation a little bit. I would say like an active meditation. So I honestly don't meditate probably as much as I should. Like oh, I, I, I never, about I never, how amazing meditation is. And yeah. if you're looking for that, Headspace and Calm are both great apps. Like I have all the resources. That was part of our training, mm-hmm. and I do guided meditations at the end of my classes for my students. But um, that is something I'm not quite there yet. Is meditating <laughs> myself, and so. I like to kind of cheat and say yoga is like my active meditation in the sense that some days like I don't want to even use my brain so I'll turn on a yoga with Adrian YouTube video yep. who I love. I, I, follow, I follow her too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so especially for people like beginning yoga, um, she's great start to a journey and even now that I've been practicing for more than a year, um, I still like have, she has something to offer in all her classes to all people and so some days like I just want to shut off my mind. I turn on a video like hers and other days it's just like, um, it's just, I think any, it's a form of meditation in the sense that like my mind can just turn off Mm -hmm. because some days it doesn't if I'm planning for a class, but most days it's 15 to 30, 40 minutes of just time where I can do what feels good. Like that's what I tell students when I teach them like, you just get to do what feels good. And so you don't have to listen to what I say. Like what I say are mere recommendations. Like these cues are not maybe what feels best for your body. And Mm -hmm. so that's something I've had to learn myself. But like when you unlock like the beauty of that, that you don't have to move a certain way, then that is like just as much for your mind as it is for your body. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so with when I did Ramwad like way back, probably like, geez, like a year and a half ago, two years ago. So this guy, he had this like really deep voice and was like very calming. But like there's sometimes during the sessions of like the yin yoga where he would just start talking and it's like, you know, guy, enough. Just like, you know, just don't say anything. Just let me just sit there because it's annoying. You do just stop talking for but do you do you have like those those times where you think you just talk a little bit too much while you're doing absolutely like when you're teaching so um part of my like i said my training was the 12 community service hours so i trained anywhere from like friends of mine that i had to instagram lives i did those um like 30 minute instagram lives all during quarantine and then i taught athletes and then i like a tennis team to lacrosse boy high school lacrosse boys because um, I can get into part of that was part of my training for athletes and then um, just like it was a wide array mm-hmm. but in any class you teach like no matter what kind you definitely have this internal dialogue with yourself because like yoga um, I would love to have an interactive yoga class and like when I teach my friends um, I have a family that I teach for that is a you know family friends of ours and I tell them like please interact with me tell me you know where like 
why are we doing this? What feels best? But then when you're teaching, like I'm holding space for others. So I don't get to ask them for what I'm doing well or wrong. Like that's not the space for that. That's the space for them. I have to hold space for them to be able to let go of their mind. And they can't do that if they're trying to give me feedback on how I'm teaching. So there's like this internal narrative about like, uh, do I make a joke here? Do I be quiet? <laughs> do I like say another cue or do I just allow for silence? And so the best part about yoga is that there's definitely times to incorporate silence that feel really organic to the present moment. Mm-hmm. So like when we're shaking our hands, building heat in our hands and then bring our hands to our chest and our belly, like there's time for silence there to like feel the physical embrace and then like let that, um, let that portray into like a, a warm welcome your welcoming of yourself to your mat like there's time for that especially as we're warming up our body and then especially in savasana at the end while we're calming down and finishing our practice so like i today had a silent savasana so i basically phased out the music and they didn't realize it was silent until they did way later Mm -hmm. and so there's time for silence um and I think that is a hard challenge as a teacher, especially for me, like I can carry on a conversation with a wall. So finding where that, like where those comments land yeah. and where they're unnecessary, it's definitely um, a thing. Yeah. That's like, that's like group, like that's what like me for group training. So there's times where like you need to talk, but there's other times where like during, during the time, like say if you're doing like a three minute workout or something like that, there's, you know, we'll be, just be quiet and just observe. And if sure. someone looks like they need a little push, you know, just say, hey, you know, come on, let's go. You know, just keep on moving, keep on moving. So, so with and your, I, okay. Go ahead. Uh, so with your Instagram live TV, like the Instagram TV episodes, where, so you've also done posts on Instagram too with like with flow. So what is, yeah. what is considered flow? Okay. Because I, I, I'm well, like kind of new to this whole thing, so. No, I think it's great. So, um, a flow, I guess. My so some like a yin yoga is not a flow class. It is like it is not a flowy class. Like you're in a motion, some type of you know passive stretching motion, and you're there for anywhere from thirty seconds to three minutes. Mm-hmm. Like it is very much, it's meant to elongate your muscles, so you have to keep them under tension in that passive pose for quite a long time for that to happen. So um, that is not a flow. There's different types of yoga styles. And um, you have Bikram, which is like very in a very hot room, and you have people yelling at you to get into this queue, really. Um, and well, not yelling; it's just very restrictive in the motions. I don't want to hate on Bikram. Um, <laughs> or you have like Iyengar, which is very strict, long lines. Um, again, very focused on the posture in the same way Yin is. And then you have like flow classes so you could have a vinyasa flow ashtanga flow universal flow there's all different types of yoga and i think that's the beauty of my training is i was not trained in any specific type of yoga Mm. i was trained in giving and being given the resources to figure out which kind i like so my class one day depending on my mood when i make it honestly or what my practice has been looking like when i make the class or when i plan for the class Sometimes it's super, super busy, super go, um, just because like maybe that day, maybe in all honesty, planning for my yoga class was my only exercise that day, and I, I wanted to get my heartbeat up and my energy up a little bit, and so that might be more of a fast vinyasa flow in the sense that you're moving movement to breath, so inhaling arm stretch overhead exhaling swan diving to the floor to forward fold so it's very connective to your breath and movement and then like a universal you make these mandala circles in your flow so you're coming forward down to your um forward fold and then you're rotating to the back of your mat doing some type of motion then rotating to the front of your mat you're making these circles in both directions Mm -hmm. and then um like an ashtanga would be you're making uh, rotations in one direction and back. So it's very unilateral versus um, universal is completely dynamic. And um, I'm not an expert on all these types of yoga um, experiences for sure. And some people like the more detailed 
people would definitely like in Ashtanga, where it's very routine-based. You're doing the same thing, the same 28 or however many postures for the entire class. Versus a vinyasa, there's a bit more freedom in what that type of flow looks like. Mm-hmm. But um, I would just say a flow in its simplicity is connecting breath to movement. Um, so I'm not holding sometimes I'm holding a posture for longer amounts of time, but there's still a conscious and intentional connection between the breath and the movement. So like when I post morning wake up flow, I'm cueing your breath as I'm cueing your movement. All right. Very cool. Very cool. So with, with you working out at the gym, you you haven't been there since COVID really. COVID. Yeah. So like, I actually, I took away my membership. No, that's okay. no it's okay I don't work there anymore so it's all good so but uh but so when when you were actually at the gym you know you would always do like handstands and handstand walks and like you know there's actually one post in my Instagram feed where both you and I did a handstand walk and you actually smoked me so (laughs) how did you get to you know at that point where you literally just stand up straight and just go so um well, I started gymnastics when, like I said, when I was, I think, maybe five when I started gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Like my my um, aunt and grandparents have owned this gymnastics facility since I was born. So that was just a natural part of my life, like, that I would go take classes there. Um, and so it was awesome. But there, uh, like, handstands are essential to gymnastics. You learn that in any type of even very basic beginner class you're doing handstand drills so from there I learned what a true hollow body is like you know engaging through your core really round elongating your spine and giving you the stability and you would need to do work like handstands and so um really from gymnastics conditioning I learned the type of connection you have to have to you know hold a handstand much less walk on it you know walk in a handstand so that kind of carried into my life and once you learn I really it's kind of like riding a bike like once you learn that type of connection then it sticks with you I mean it might get a little rusty but it can be dusted off pretty easy and Mm -hmm. so in my yoga practice when I was doing on my own I started it's like playtime at the end of my yoga practice it still is and it was right when I didn't know anything more than the most basic yoga flow there is, which is like a sun A, sun salutation A. Um, And so that would be like the playful time at the end of my practice, like where I could actually do something that like I didn't have to think about at that time. And so um, like I would do drills against the wall, like holding, doing handstand holds, um, which are awesome if you're trying to build strength, because a lot of people try and just throw themselves up into a handstand that have never had experience in in reality there's a lot of connection and core stability that comes in that before mm-hmm. um throwing yourself up like you might find some way to configure your body that's gonna help you stay balanced in the air to to have a handstand but that doesn't mean you're gonna have the core stability or like the mind to body muscular connection to be able to sustain that handstand hold or walk in it you know like you see crossfit guys just throw their legs up in the air and just walk as fast as they can before their legs get out of that perfect configuration to Mm -hmm. keep their balance um and there's nothing wrong with crossfit i admire people that can do that because i cannot do that um but Yeah, yeah you can you really can don't don't sell yourself short seriously well i i don't know but i think there's just a different and like in the yoga world handstanding is a discipline so it's something that you practice and you do drills for for the people that you see such control like I'm nowhere near there like the such control that there goes into I mean there's a million and one different handstand mm-hmm. or hand arm balances in yoga and they all look different and you might not even know it's a hand balance or an arm balance until you're in it and you're like oh my goodness how did I get here and so I think it's just mine was just growing up but then now I've been able to really kind of weave that into my practice and I definitely intend to do that more um right now like I just like find different ways to do it I'll see it like I'll follow people on yoga accounts on Instagram and then I'll try it like in my practice the next day and 
keep working at it. So, like, the one I'm working on right now is lowering from a handstand to chaturanga. So, chaturanga is essentially the bottom of your tricep push-up. Mm-hmm. So, you go from handstand to there. And um, that has been a journey, but I'm there and now ready to try something else. So, it's just yoga allows a really nice vessel to incorporate handstanding into. But I think if you're beginning yoga, um, I would tell you two things. One, handstand holds against the wall. So belly to the wall. Um, so that way you can really find the core connection using the tops of your feet mm-hmm. as pushing against the wall, but not completely, um, like not completely supporting you. So that way you find strength in your shoulders. And then because that that's also going to force you to find the line. So a lot of times people arch their back and their hips are way over their shoulders. Well, try doing that and then like embracing your core. That, like, that doesn't happen just phys- anatomically when our hips are not over our, our shoulder, yeah. under our shoulders. So I would say a handstand hold against the wall and then an L hold against the wall. So we do these in yoga. People hate them, but they work. And so, again, you're, you're facing – looks a little weird your hands are um so you can go in a downward facing dog with your hips against your heels against the wall so if you can picture that downward facing dog with your heels against the wall then from there all you do is walk your feet up the wall your hands might need to walk in slightly so your your body's making an l Mm -hmm. against the wall and so that's going to teach you a special type of shoulder strength that is so hard but essential to learning like true handstands yeah i was thinking the other way that you're still facing like out away from the wall and you kick your legs down that way i wasn't thinking i wasn't thinking of putting your feet against the wall and kind of walking up that way yeah so you definitely could do that and that it helps people because some people like just going upside down is the freaky part about handstands yeah like i think that was the best part about gymnastics for me is that fear was gone because I was told to do that for years before I even could develop a fear about going upside down Mm -hmm. so doing those L holds you're not upside down like I mean your head is but like your body half your body is parallel to the ground so like it it doesn't induce that fear of being upside down like maybe a true handstand does yeah yeah I've, I've only trained maybe one or two people like doing handstands just uh-huh. to like do handstand against the wall or like handstand push-ups like okay. because like they don't really have some people really don't have the shoulder strength to even like hold it or even like yeah. I use and I always tell them to squeeze your abs to the wall like you said and also yeah. squeeze your yeah. cheeks to kind of keep yeah. that you know like uh-huh. flat like a penny between yeah between your glutes yeah um, and that's another thing like if your shoulders aren't flexible and you're trying to now get your ears your ears by your shoulders which is where you should be for a handstand like that's going to be really uncomfortable and not possible for somebody that's super tight so Mm -hmm. like a big crossfit guy that hasn't stretched and he's going to try and throw himself into a handstand well that that deficit here is going to make up for somewhere else in his body so he's going to have to arch his hips over his shoulders just to find some semblance of balance to be able to hold this posture so there's no core, there's no core engaged at that point. It's compromised. Mm. And then he's learning a habit that is not going to be sustainable. And so that's where I'm not hating on any form of other workout because I'm all about like, let's get in, get it done. But at the same time, I think there's a responsibility we have um, in respecting our bodies and giving back to them equally as we demand from them in whatever type of workout we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've been harping on her to do CrossFit for probably like a year and a half, very longer than that. Because yeah. when when I was when I started working out in the morning, like her whole family would show up, and it was like so interesting because I would I would never see, you know, a high school, you know, especially a, a high school someone in high school at the gym at like five o'clock in the morning and that took some like serious dedication and like every day I would always see her do handstand walks and then for me how I got to like my my handstand walks after like every workout I did I'd spent 15 minutes just doing drills like the whole time 
It's it's a, it's a discipline. Yeah. However, you just start out doing it. Yeah, and I used to do it in the back room of our gym, so it was probably like twenty-five to thirty feet long, and yeah. I made it once all the way through. And I was like, I stood up and I and I was looking around to see if anybody saw it. And of course, no one no one was in the room. And I'm like, damn it, I should have videotaped it. I know it's a, it's a good feeling when you like get to a certain place because sometimes you like need to set like for handstand walks if you're you know if you're ready to tackle those. It's definitely like really helpful to have some type of marker yeah. to try and get to you know that extra. Like I'm very competitive, so like having that extra. Like competition with this inanimate object, like a bench, still does the job for mm-hmm. you know getting a little bit further. Yeah. So, have you been working with obstacles like on, like for handstands at all? Like putting your hands on on a plate, then walking back down. Mm, I haven't. I'm. So I think. Well, because right now, since my handstands are are in my yoga practice, I um, try and keep my yoga practice as simple as possible. Yeah. So like maybe my movements aren't simple but in any added added anything to it I try and simplify as much as possible so like I don't use any props a lot of people love yoga blankets and um, there's yoga um, blocks and straps and resistance bands and all types of of really props and just like in a gym you would walk in and see sliders and dumbbells and Mm -hmm. kettlebells well yoga has the same thing which I didn't even know about until I went to a real into like an actual studio um meaning like it's just dedicated to yoga versus a gym and um so I don't have anything near me when I'm doing my handstand practice like because it's at the end of my yoga practice Mm -hmm. so I have been tumbling out um at a gymnastics facility um, at all around gymnastics, it's in McFar- McFarland Parkway or McGinnis Ferry, somewhere around. I think McFarland, um, but anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so that's where I grew up doing gymnastics, and now I tumble there, and so I like I'll do handstands there. But no, I haven't tried anything. I I've, I've done that like at my because I um, when I would leave the gym at five a.m. there, I would leave so I get there five, work out to about six fifteen, and then I would get to. Uh, my school gym at 6.30 and I would do like compound movements and I would snatch and um, clean and jerk twice a week and so we would do like handstand fun things there sometimes mm-hmm. okay yeah I've, I've tried obstacles I haven't done it in a while but like it's just I don't have the balance quite yet I mean I'm good like going down it's just like that little like maybe one to two inch you know space Different. you have to step up on like you have to prop That's your hands tricky. up on yeah it's it's difficult. It you off. Yeah. So the, in the CrossFit games, they have this thing called they have this block. It's like a ramp that goes up, and then you go downstairs, and then you can kind of turn around, and you have to go back up the stairs, and then and yeah, it's it's insane. It's it's crazy. They, oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. Then 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 like I think I don't know it was I don't know if it was this year or or last year they had the they had the steps, but they had the they had parallel bars. And so you had to go on the parallel bars and go down the ramp and then go back. So, awesome. yeah, I thought yeah, it was. I think, I think CrossFit's amazing in how how much you learn how strong your body is. Like, that is so important in whatever health journey you are. It's like learning that your body can do more than you think it can, right? Yeah. And so I think just that's my due diligence as a yoga teacher is – okay people let's not forget the other side about that it's like you're demanding a lot from your body in um in the hour that you practice crossfit Mm -hmm. so we need to make sure that we're being responsible and giving back what we've taken and so that's i found that through yoga like there are many ways to give back to your body and you know people do cryotherapy hyperbaric chambers all different types of all different types of things and you're you're gonna find what works for you but i would just say that being responsible in that way and if we're gonna have a true appreciation for how strong our bodies are we need out of that appreciation to you know be loving and kind towards it as well yeah yeah i i agree because like there's there's been times when i've done like being yoga where i kind of like overstretch i think to the point where it starts yeah to where point it gets like almost at the the point where it's like really it's like almost painful but it's not so that's something that definitely happens is like you get in if you get into yoga with the same and i don't 
this might not be you. This was me when I first started practicing. I got into yoga with the same, I would come into that room with the same mentality as when I was going, stepping mm-hmm. into the gym to lift weights. Well, that doesn't line up when we're stretching versus lifting, yeah. right? And so when we're stretching and we go in with mentality like it has to hurt to work, that's when, you know, muscles are pulled and we're injured. And so that that was really part of the anatomical side of my yoga practice was finding, okay, we're, if we're going to move bodies and lead bodies in movement during a yoga class, how do we do that responsibly and make their safety our number one priority, right? And so, like, there's a many different ways to do that. We, um, I'm, I ha- don't have my full certification, but large part of my training was with yoga tune-up balls. And so these um, are really, these therapy balls mimic the, um, like, the skin, like, of, like, your skin. Yeah. And basically they're, like, fascial release. So, so there are self-massage tools, really, that release your fascia, which is, like, your body's connective tissue. And so that does in... 10 minutes what hours in like a yin yoga class mm-hmm. achieves and so I've got to see that especially in like these football players or CrossFit play. I haven't seen a person my teacher has instructed CrossFit gyms about like <clears throat> shifting from that mentality, that mentality to it doesn't have to hurt to work to okay let me just see if I can release here and find ease and give back to my body in this way I've watched football players that literally their hands didn't go past their knees are now going like in four folds like their hands are close to their feet Mm -hmm. like it's crazy how that happens and so just part of that you can do that in tuna balls but you know another way to move responsibly is you have I always botch this name but like it's proprioceptive neuroreception something crazy and I could get the official name but basically it's like if you're um, in a movement you're gonna provide some way to make your muscles think that it's working so because when your muscle is um, thinking that it's working it won't be pulled so like if you know what pigeon pose I'm sure yeah yeah I that that's one of the worst moves movements for me yes So. so instead of trying to just throw your chest down towards the ground and find um you know some type of crazy posture in this a lot of times like we will cue instead okay so instead of even putting your chest down sit up on your hips and inhale to squeeze your inner thighs towards your midline so much that your back knee might actually lift off the ground so you're finding work in those muscles that they can't be pulled when they're working like that that does that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. and so then you release down and let your chest fall down to the ground and it's such a better relief and it's not painful like because your mind has been tricked honestly yeah and your muscles then can finally relax so there's definitely ways in yoga to find release that it's not painful okay very cool so have you ever thought like i know you do the igtv stuff but have you ever thought doing like youtube videos and stuff yeah so somebody asked me this week about that um so I, on my yoga accounts, Cambria Yoga on Instagram, it definitely, um, like it has morphed into sometimes like kind of a lifestyle thing just because like my yoga journey hasn't, has affected my way I view my body. Mm-hmm. So that has affected a many, many years in my life, like way beyond just my 20 minutes a day that I practice yoga or more or less, whatever it is. And so like two days ago I was trying to film uh like I make a healthy coffee recipe every afternoon pretty much so I was trying to share that um on my account so I like video had it all set up and it was awful like the video was absolutely terrible I was like this cannot be posted anywhere just because it just like wasn't me it seemed forced so I'm definitely working on getting more comfortable in front of the camera because like I can stand up there and teach like doing like the videoing the flows and posting those are not like is that's not uncomfortable for me just because like I'm in my element and I've prepared for that so it's definitely um something I'm looking into but I'm just taking it one day at a time as I hopefully get more comfortable in front of the camera in that way yeah it takes it takes a while to 
get the hang of it. I mean, even with me with this podcast, when the first couple episodes are just me talking all by myself, you know, I would talk for the first minute and then like I mess up something and like there's there have been times I had to restart the whole episode like 20 times just because I missed it. But like after, yeah. after a while, it's just like, you know what, just, just screw it. Just put it out there. Who cares? I mean, obviously you're going to get better later on down the road. So I just think, I, I, th- I think you should just start doing it. Seriously. <laughs> I just think that if I can, if I can do whatever I'm doing with authenticity and I feel confident in yeah. that authenticity, then that is what I want to share with others. And so like, that's the intention I come with to every yoga class is like, one, I pray, like, God, please use me in whatever way he wants um, for however the people need in my class. But another, to just come in my most authentic way. So, like, that's why when I plan a yoga class, I don't sit down and write things down before I've had my personal practice that day and I've felt what feels nice. Mm-hmm. Obviously, sometimes, like, there needs to be more structure. And so, out of, you know, that 20-minute yoga flow that I do that day, um, you know, I have to sit down and add structure to it in some ways, but um, it's definitely as long as I can come authentically to like my class and I can learn to come authentically to, uh, you know, a video and sharing whatever I'm sharing, then I'll definitely do it. So, yeah, you know, I'll look out. I mean, I, I bet you yoga with our Dean was the for her first couple episodes were rough. Yeah. So I can imagine just I just say just screw it. Just do it. But. Okay. <laughs> I'll think about it. So obviously, um, you you gra- you graduated high school. You're going to Vanderbilt. So have you actually scoped out like any of the yoga studios in that area or reached out? So I'm in that process. I um, really was. I've just. I need to do more research to be honest. Um, but with a little bit of uncertainty about what this fall is looking like, um, I just not been on the forefront of my mind but I've definitely looked into yoga studios I won't have my car the first year so that's been another element to think about as um you know because like there's sometimes respectfully to like find a spot at a yoga studio you kind of like court the yoga studio and you know you'll want to go there and like practice because you're going to be a part of the community as much as you're offering like Mm -hmm. it's going to give to you as much as you're offering it and so I want to make sure that I can I can have value to the community but also like I can um, really like receive from it as well so really I plan to in my first like month try as many different yoga classes as I can if you're new to yoga and don't know this a lot of yoga studios will just have a drop-in class fee and like it's not that expensive and some places will even let you come for free um, for your first time and that's a great way to like find out what the studio is about so I plan to do that and I also hope to work with athletic department and just like muscular rehabilitation and restoration for athletes as that was a big part of my training. So we'll see, um, you know, where that takes me, but I definitely plan to teach, um, if not one, maybe more studios in Nashville. Very cool. So what are you going to school for? I'm going to study human organization and development with an international organizations focus. So it's very social skills, um, leadership, building um program but i'm also going to double major i haven't picked in either public policy or law history and society okay very cool yep and minor in spanish but i'm also just i love learning in that way so yeah just gonna take as many classes as i can yeah i I mean i i i wish i took more classes that i you know took another double major but i mean i love learning i just think it's so much fun just of all the stuff that you know, you pick up even from like listening to podcasts, like fitness podcasts for me, or, you know, talking to you about, you know, yoga or, you know, and that's the reason why I did this. So yeah, it's all learning experience. Like learning and yoga will never be done for me. Like that there's always more to learn and definitely so much I learned through my training experience, but a whole world like more to yeah. learn. And that's part of being any type of fitness instructor or, you know, uh, movement guide in that way is like making sure that we know best how to move you know other bodies safely and responsibly so that way when we know better and we've learned we do better mm-hmm. so it's definitely a learning process yeah so who do you follow other well obviously if for other people like uh, other than you like you know for my listeners to follow you 
what other yoga instructors on like social media are good to follow and like get a get a good understanding of what they're all about yeah so um i've i love my yoga teacher obviously because i'm just partial to her because she's the best Mm -hmm. but um lauren reese she's with breathe yoga she was my um teacher so i love her i follow yoko skins like y-o-g-o-s-k-e-n-z and she's awesome she um is very much a yogi rebel in the way she speaks her mind and um, incorporates yoga into doing that. So she's super great. And then I follow Chelsea. I don't remember her. her let me see if I can find her really quick. But Chelsea is basically just, um, she has awesome sequencing. And so sometimes as a yoga, like instructor, it's completely okay. It's Chelsea's yoga. That's easy. Um, and so those three, but sometimes like we need, inspiration and like as a yoga community we completely tag team off each other in that Mm -hmm. like there's no um you know hard feelings or anything like that and taking from others ideas and incorporating it into our own so that's a really great part of the whole um yoga experience so i definitely lean into their videos it's like oh i want to try this so they're all great awesome very cool Chelsea's yoga she has an entire book about how she learned how to handstand complete like chock full of all these drills so if somebody is interested in really walking through that process as a discipline it's a great great um opportunity all right very cool so we have a couple i have a couple questions left so obviously with the whole coronavirus going on you you know everyone's has to kind of have to stay stay at home but what are your goals for the end of the year the end of the year nobody's asked me this yet um well, I hope at that time I'm settled into whatever my life looks like at Vanderbilt. So I already know I'm coming home November 20th till spring semester. So really, I think the end of the year will kind of look like November 20th for me since once I get home, it'll just be exams and, you know, the holidays with my family. Mm-hmm. So really, I think settling into a new studio in Nashville, hoping to begin already teaching there and then finding my place in the athletic department there you know teaching whatever that looks like and then I think my goal is just to really continue the just the spontaneity that my like fitness workout journey has taken since corona because I um like I said I canceled my gym membership and so I haven't been in a gym since the last second to the last week of March and so I've really done a different type of workout every single day like Mm -hmm. there's not a day and some people will say you know routines better but I've done routine for the past four years of my life that's boring that's boring yeah and so it's really nice that I found so many different workouts that I like and like I'm doing dance cardio like I never thought I would do dance cardio and (laughs) time to like go on different types of you know, different like walks around like my community that I've never had never even been to before, but lived here my whole life. So just continuing that journey of like being creative, because I think out of that creativity, like in our movement uh, comes like a better appreciation, a deeper appreciation for our bodies and how they move. Because like, I just, it shifts from like, I have to work out to I get to work out. And so by, you know, changing it up that definitely that appreciation comes easier and another trick I do for that appreciation is whenever I'm working out and something's really hard people make fun of me for this but I smile like I literally like just make myself have the goofiest smile I can while I'm like in the like most freaking hard thing I'm doing in that workout just because like it's just a like a small but I mean honestly there's been studies about how that affects you mentally just smiling with just a physical act of smiling so just getting to I think just continuing that journey of really appreciating my body and then my goal is hopefully to grow my yoga account as a so all yoga instructors are independent contractors Mm -hmm. so that definitely looks different and having to you know build my own name if that's you know if that's something I hope to have which is it is so building my account and just finding ways to serve people like you know we're all I think everyone you know wants direction and because everyone's health journey is different but we all want direction I want direction and so sometimes just having encouragement in that way I definitely want to find better ways to do that and more ways to do that 
All right, very cool. All right, so next question is, what is your favorite book? It can be fiction, nonfiction, like self-help, like whatever. Well, I've been reading a lot this summer because that was one of my goals this summer was to read as much as I can. Um, I loved Rhythms of Renewal. It's by Rebecca Lyons. She's a friend of my mom's, and it's all about rest, which is super hard for me to do. Like, that's why I love yoga because it makes me do that. Mm-hmm. But um, for an many other aspects of my life like that is something my body fights it's not it's not um natural for me and so rhythms of renewal is literally a book about how we can find rest and restoration in just our daily lives so it's awesome i love that book and then i think um another awesome book i just learned so much in was uh first about sandra day o'connor it was um a biography done about her and regardless of anybody's um you know career views or decisions i think just reading about somebody in their journey is just really benefit it's something i really appreciate just getting to hear about other people's um you know journeys and how they got to where they are because obviously she has a very well respected legacy as the first woman justice ever so mm-hmm. just awesome i love reading that's not really common but yeah it's a good well, that's good. And then, um, so two more. So what would you say to a person that wants to get into the yoga space? Like what to expect when you first start out? Um, I think it depends on where you start out. So um, a lot of people, I think, are more comfortable starting out on their own because walking into studio can be very intimidating for most people, which I totally understand, like, where I started, you know, in the hot yoga room at One Life, it was, um, like, it's dark. There's no one's paying attention to you because you're all sweating so much, like, you can't even see through your eyes. Yeah, so, and, you're, and you guys are super close, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not happening anytime <laughs> soon with COVID. But um, I would say coming into it, have the – have no expectation other than, like, making it your goal – to be open to like what that hour has for you and so and it might not be for you but going in with just open hands into like whatever that type of practice is going to do for your mind and body because most likely it's going to be a type of down regulation like you've you never experienced in your daily go 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 life like yoga I say I always say there are many forms to self-care but yoga is truly something that we do not experience just connecting our breath to our movement like just think about if you've ever been stressed and take a deep breath how much how wondrous that is for your Mm -hmm. body yeah but then uh think about a whole hour of that and connecting it to mindful movement like that that that's really powerful just anatomically physically for your body and what happens and so i would say coming into with open hands but also in a way that's comfortable so if that if going into studio at first like really um freaks you out like the idea of that maybe find a studio that like it's a beginner level class and it's uh, not um definitely know what type of yoga you're getting into so do a little research about like if you're going to take a yin class you're gonna have a lot you should have a different expectation about what the class is going to be versus if you're going to vinyasa flow um and that doesn't take a lot of research to know and then another thing is you can always start at home like there are so many yoga videos on uh, YouTube, and I, I really can't recommend any because I love yoga with Adrian, so I'm just that's where I go when mm-hmm. I want to do a video online. But um, it's just it's a safe space to create anywhere. So like if you're fearful of stepping into that space, then start where you're comfortable in your you know in your own home. Yeah. Okay. Great. It's better and, than not starting. Yeah. <laughs> so where so. First of all, I just want to thank you very much for being on being on this podcast. I, you know, well, thank you. It's such a get me talking, and I'm especially about yoga. I'm good. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I learned I learned a, a ton, and I hope I hope my listeners did too. But um, I wanted to ask you, like, where if the, if anybody has any questions for you, where can they find you and uh, reach out to you? Yeah, probably my yoga account on instagram would be easiest it's at cambry yoga c-a-m-b-r-i yoga um and there you can message me um i'm 
pretty I try and stay pretty active on there and sharing like what I do and what my yoga looks like and workouts and everything in between I have a lot of healthy recipes and workouts and um I had through quarantine I did a whole movement motivation series about it was a little overwhelming seeing for me like the billions of lives workouts that were going on so I would Mm -hmm. just post one a day so now you have like 50 plus workout options to just really like maybe find that creativity in your movement that you haven't before. So message me on there and I'll, you know, get back to you in a few days, but I would love to hear from anybody. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Have a great night. All right.